Welcome to the Visualize You show. I'm your host, Beth Hewitt, and each week on the show, we'll talk about how you can live, love, and visualize the life and business of your dreams. I'll bring you interviews with inspirational people who have taken that path already so that you can learn the practical skills that will help you to do the same. Let me help you to recognize your self-worth, honor your skills, and become confident being who you are always supposed to be. Now let's get on with the show. Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode, episode number 85 of the Visualize You show. I'm your host, Beth Hewitt, and I am a spiritual performance coach helping people go from feeling unfulfilled to passionately living their life purpose. And I am the founder of the Visualize and Thrive Business Club. Now on today's episode, I am joined by my friend, mentor and coach, the branding queen that is Des Braver. Now, Des is a brand strategist and a membership site expert. She's a TEDx speaker and published author, and she has worked with businesses from all over the world in over 50 different industries and some of the most competitive markets in the world. And she's helped them build profitable brands, turning them into recurring revenue machines. And that's actually what we are going to be talking about today. Des is recognized for her unconventional approach to business because she really dives into the true essence of the human being behind that brand, helping them build an empire simply by being 100% authentically themselves. And yes, spoiler alert, Des is the very coach and mentor who supported me to launch the Visualize and Thrive Business Club back in February. By following her recurring revenue program, I have been able to create a brand numerous products and services, but one of the biggest assets in terms of stable recurring revenue, the Visualize and Thrive Business Club. And so this interview is a huge honor and privilege. And honestly, I don't think you're gonna have heard Des speak so openly about her journey in this way that she does in this episode today. But also stick around to find out how you can work with Des completely for free for five whole days later this month. And if you are listening to this way in the future, do still check out the links in the show notes because this is an opportunity that will come round again, I'm absolutely sure. It is an event and challenge that has the power to transform your life and your business. So in this episode, Des and I discuss how she actually lost money right at the beginning of her entrepreneurial journey to scammers and actually it was her parents money that they had given her to set up on this journey she was about to embark on. How comparing yourself with others should be the fuel to motivate you and not to make you feel jealous or that you aren't good enough to succeed. We talk about the power of learning on the job, of consistency when showing up online and building your brand and that when people have privilege and choice, which all of us in the Western world do have, then we can choose more easily not to go after our dreams because we have stuff to fall back on. I delve into the story with Des around how the Recurring Revenue Programme was born and how her membership, Badass Brand Squad, was born. How Des sees imperfections and flaws in humans and animals as their greatest assets. We discussed that one of the most disruptive things that you can ever do when building your brand is just to be yourself and how if you exist, 
You already have a brand. You might just not be being intentional with it. We discuss in great detail Desa's recurring revenue program and what it has done for others and how the system and the society that we all live in right now wants us to have unstable income so that we are easier to control and manipulate. And the best thing that you can do for your future and your family's future right now is find a way to create consistent, predictable, stable, recurring revenue. And that is exactly what I have done. Following Desa's path, I created the Visualize and Thrive Business Club, which gives me that consistent, predictable, stable recurring revenue every single month. No more chasing clients. Stick around and check out the show notes for how you can join Desa's Create Your Six Figure Membership Blueprint and get stable recurring clients every month using her ultra simple framework, even if you don't currently have a business or even a business idea. If that's you, Stick around. You're going to love this. Now, over to Des. Welcome to another edition of the Visualize You Show. I'm your host, Beth Hewitt, and I'm joined today by the beautiful Des de Brava. How are you doing today? I am good. Thank you. And super excited because um, I've been wanting to do this with you for a while, and I'm just so happy it's happening. And I was just thinking before, so like I've been in your world for so long now, but we've hardly ever had any face-to-face conversations yeah yeah exactly it's usually in groups Uh so I'm so excited as well to be having this conversation with you today there's so much I want to ask and so much I want to hear from you and what's coming up in your world as well so let's just start I've already introduced you to my listeners but let's just start in your own words what has your journey been for you how did you start and how have you got to the work that you are doing in the world today We'll still be here for hours. (laughs) No, that is a great question. I think I've been quite vocal about the part where I used to be a freelancer and Mm -hmm. eventually I transitioned from that to entrepreneurship, but I don't too often talk about what came before that. I have never actually had a full-time job, which probably lots of people hear that and think, well, yeah, she, she grew up in such a privileged background that she never had to work, which it couldn't be further from that. It's just that I come from Bulgaria and thankfully education there is quite affordable as Mm -hmm. in a couple of hundred pounds for a whole year of university. Thank God, because otherwise I don't know what I would have done. I didn't have to work. I survived with about in dollars that would be, I would say $30 a week wow. for my four years of university, which uh-huh. was fantastic. And then the harder part came when I left Bulgaria when I was 22 to go study my master's in branding in Denmark, which was a crazy move because my parents had to take out a ton of loans, which I didn't know at the time, pull together all of their savings, which was like $2,000 or something and uh, to put me through the first six months there. My mum also put, she also got loans out to get me to university. I didn't realize that until later. And it's amazing what they give up for us that we just take for yeah. granted and our yeah. parents would really do anything for us. They really would. And they pretended that it's all fine mm-hmm. for a while, even when <laughs> I also don't talk about this much, but right before I went like got on my flight to Denmark, we got scammed in this apartment scam where we lost all the savings, oh, all no. the 2000 something dollars yeah. by someone who pretended to be a landlord. And we were all very naive. I mm-hmm. had never lived abroad. So that's how it happened. And so I didn't exactly end up there in a good situation. I had no place to live, no money saved up, but somehow we made that happen. And they supported me for the first six months there. 
And thankfully, after that, I found a job as a dishwasher, mm -hmm. which literally saved me because finally I was generating some money, not a lot, but enough to pay my rent for them to not have to. I literally cried. I cried when I left that place. I had to learn Danish in six months just to do the interview with the guy because there was an interview. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and that's how it all started. And uh, it continued with me leaving after six months because they treated me um, horribly and abused me pretty much on a daily basis when I was there. And I found a job in Copenhagen as a, uh, this is all part-time, mm -hmm. as a um, social media manager, actually. I'd spent the previous two years working for free as a social media manager because I thought maybe there's a future for this. Why not? I'm so savvy when it comes to the online world. Maybe I can make it work somehow. Never in a million years would I have thought this would happen, but I thought hey, maybe I could find a nice little <laughs> full-time job as a social media manager, content creator, but they hired me part-time and yeah. I got bored after about, I want to say a couple of months there. Why do you think you got bored? Because I get bored really easily. Once I've soaked up the knowledge, I just want to move on to my next thing. I cannot sit still. So was it partly that, or was it like you knew that there was things destined for you along this journey or were you still just in the flow of that? I honestly don't think that I knew that mm -hmm. I was destined. I'm trying to remember. I do remember because something that really triggers me in a positive way, like uh, wanting to achieve more is seeing people around me who are doing so much better. Like I mm -hmm. don't start comparing myself and feel down about it. I start yeah. comparing myself and feeling like, well, if they can, I can. And the founders of that company, they were walking around all day. They were two years older than me. They were, we were all in our twenties and they were like making all this money, helping all these people running this amazing company. And I was like, why am I being here paid 800 bucks a month, <laughs> barely making rent to do next to nothing? Cause they rarely ever used me, which is partly why I got bored because they just didn't think anything would come out of me working there. I, it was me, 20 guys, all Danish. I never even understood much. And so as soon as I got bored, I got myself on this freelancing platform of work mm -hmm. and I just, I got my first client within two weeks and I guess the rest is history. <laughs> I love that. And so is it on an evening, like when you're coming home from work, you're just starting to pick up clients here and there on Upwork and yeah, in the beginning, it was mm -hmm. just that I didn't think about a brand, like building my own brand. I didn't think about any of it. I was just like, oh, how can I pick up more clients? For me at the time, it was all about the experience. I had spent two years before that part of ISEC, this um, student organization, and I was crazy about getting leadership experience. I picked up more projects than anyone else, mm -hmm. more team members than anyone else. I would just do just about anything to get experience. And so... When I found Upwork, I was like, I need to get as many clients as possible. <laughs> so I was juggling a lot of clients only because, for example, and this is probably not a great thing to share, but because <laughs> it sounds arrogant, but when somebody hires you for a job and mm -hmm. pays you for 20 hours at the time, I didn't think about any of this stuff. I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship. I will do the job. And I was like, yay, now I can pick up another client. <laughs> so yeah. um, normally two clients of the capacity that I was picking up would be like a full-time job, but I had 10 wow. at a time just juggling. Uh -huh. And I was doing great. Like the reviews they were giving me were fantastic. The only problem was I was charging eight bucks an hour to work with people. It, it feels as though 
like I've seen you in, in different spaces now, like you want to cut down on the learning curve as quickly as possible. So it doesn't surprise me that you were picking up 10 clients when somebody else might have been doing the same thing and only doing one or two, but you just went all in and just, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it. Is that kind of a theme of who you are and how you approach things? I think so. Mm-hmm. I'm just overly ambitious and sometimes it ends up being a mistake, but I will say, I would say probably 90% of the time it ends up being me doing the right thing. Yeah. My mantra at the time, which is not my mantra now, I say that, <laughs> is I will say yes to any job and I'll learn on the job. Mm-hmm. So literally one time somebody hired me to do something on Reddit. I, I can't remember what it was exactly. And I was like, accept what is Reddit. <laughs> and then I went, learned all about it in two days, did the job. Probably I was feeling a little bit cocky at the time. It was probably only how low I was charging that kept me being humble but I think that's a really good lesson because there's so many people that are holding themselves back from not doing something or they've already got the skills they might have got the degrees they might be fully versed in this thing that's supposed to be doing but they just do not do the thing because of imposter syndrome or something else so I think that's a really powerful thing that you did you can learn on the job you can do it we can learn all this experience as we go we don't have to have everything polished before we yeah definitely not everything out. preferably have an idea <laughs> as I said I don't do that today but I think when you're naive and you're learning and you're just excited you do a lot of these things and later in life you turn the turn back and realize what the hell was I thinking <laughs> but it worked out so what happens next so you're freelancing I freelanced I think for about a year mm-hmm. so let's think I am freelancing while I'm doing my master's while I'm working for these guys part-time. So Mm -hmm. this must have been late 2015. And then I graduated in that year. I wrote my master thesis in three days (laughs) (laughs) because I just couldn't not focus on my work. I was like, I was so excited. And I think about that time I had started laying the foundations of maybe not laying the foundations, but thinking about my goals Mm -hmm. and my goals were, I want one day for me to have my own brand. I want people to work with me because it's me. And I don't want to be working with random clients that pick Mm -hmm. me up because I'm cheap. That was like sloshing around in my head, but nothing further than that. Then I graduated with a good grade, which was hilarious. (laughs) And then I kept working in that job for exactly a year. Mm -hmm. As soon as I felt confident, like I'd spent at least six months fully replacing my income with the freelancing, I left. Because I always advocate for no unnecessary risks. So I wouldn't have just quit out of the blue, especially in a foreign country. Most people don't realize how scary it is to be living in a foreign place and in such an expensive place too. Mm -hmm. So I left the job, went full on on the freelancing. So probably I want to say late 2016, this happens. And in 2017, I decided, okay, it's time to ditch this and start a become a proper <laughs> entrepreneur yeah. air mm-hmm. quote and that's when I realized like I'm spending all the money I'm making on traveling like yeah. I got overly excited I visited 30 plus countries in a very short amount of time I had no savings and I was making just about enough to spend and pay rent so I knew something had to change and that's when mm-hmm. I kept my freelancing clients but I started to build my own brand on Facebook And on Periscope, which was a live streaming platform, but I went full steam ahead on Facebook. I think I I resisted being on Instagram for some reason because I'm such a rebel. I'm like, oh, everybody's there. I shouldn't be there. So stupid. So I went full steam ahead on Facebook and it was just content, Uh just 
creating the most in-depth, like educational, inspirational kind of stuff. And I really got myself noticed very quickly by a lot of people purely because of my consistency, nothing else. So there seems like there's lots of stuff going on at the same time. What was the drive behind the traveling the world at the same time? Was that fueling some other kind of aspiration, ambition that you had? Oh, I was obsessed. I think (laughs) I started as soon as I got that job, the part-time one, where I was a social media manager, I immediately started spending And it's 20 bucks on Ryanair to fly anywhere in Europe. So it wasn't that difficult. So I just, I was traveling every month at some point. So I had literally no money left Mm -hmm. at the end of the month. And it's because I never did. Growing up in Bulgaria, I'd never left the country. I left it once when I was 15 with my school on a bus to visit France. And I think that was the first time I got drunk. So I don't even remember most of it. (laughs) On beer too. So lame. I just, my parents never traveled. My grandparents were very poor growing up. Like they had, people call it a farm, but it's not a farm. It's like a little garden where they Mm -hmm. produced all their food. They still do that. Not because of necessity now, thankfully, but nobody ever thought about traveling. It wasn't even on anybody's radar until I came into the family and now with my ambitions and I'm like, oh, I'm going to travel the world (laughs) for a moment there. You're going to laugh at this. I had aspirations to be a travel blogger or a travel vlogger. So my whole um, Instagram, when I started it, was about traveling and photos of my food. So cringe. But I think that only lasted for six months or something. So when I went full in on my business, it was all very focused. And I didn't really expand on another platform until I felt like I have a hold on Facebook. And I I knew how it worked Mm -hmm. and I knew how to get clients. You hear a lot of people who are holding themselves back online, not showing up as who they are because fear of the people around them. Do you think moving from country to country and meeting different cultures and people and always being in different spaces, do you think that helped? Or do you think you always had that drive to be yourself online? I never thought of it that way. Mm -hmm. Possibly. I don't know. Maybe not because... I started the whole thing before I left Denmark. Mm -hmm. So obviously, as you said, after Denmark, I moved around and every six months I'd live somewhere else. But while I was in Denmark, that's really, that's where everything started. That's where my membership started. That's where my business, I couldn't even afford a desk. So I was working, lying down on this cheap ass sofa from Ikea. Mm -hmm. And, um, and from day one, and I talk a lot about choices of this in my online presence, I just think that when people have too many choices, they can choose to not be themselves. They can mm-hmm. choose to not go mm-hmm. after the next sale. They can choose to not be consistent. But for me, where I come from, how my family lived, like my future didn't seem very bright. So I didn't really have any choice apart from I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it as myself because I don't know any other way. And I will be consistent 24-7. I will work 18 hours a day. I will barely sleep, but I will make this business happen no matter what. Yeah. So I just think I've been myself from the very start. I haven't been afraid because I didn't have the option to be afraid. Do you think that's what it does hold people back? Is it because they have got too much choice and the back isn't fully against the wall? They've they've still got the security of privileges. And so it's easy not to leap out of that. 100 percent. Mm-hmm. I was on a call with one of my clients a few days ago from my membership and she has a really hard time being consistent and it's been the number one problem whenever she's consistent it's perfect she picks up new clients her presence is fantastic but she would post twice a month and then be like 
what do I do now? So she loses momentum and we dove into it and we realized her motivation is her back is not up against the wall. She is very fortunate. Her husband makes a good amount of money. She owns her own house. So if I decide to stop working tomorrow, nothing will change in my life. And so we had to figure out that for her, the driver is something different. Mm -hmm. It's not making it. And I know that money does not have to be our main driver, but I also know that it's very easy to say that when you have all the privileges in the world, your Mm -hmm. family next to you, a country that supports you and all of that. So absolutely money was a huge driver for me in the beginning. We can pretend it was all about impact, like everybody says, but it really wasn't. And I think when you have that belief in yourself, that's when things start to change because you can be the best at anything. You can be the best hidden secret because you don't have that belief in yourself. Did did you always have that belief that you were going to pull this off? Like there was no way it wasn't going to happen. I think it came as soon as I started uh, freelancing and Mm -hmm. I realized just how good I am at what I do Mm -hmm. because before that, And again, it's so funny that it comes down to this, but we have, as humans, have such a hard time believing in our capabilities until somebody pays us for it. And so sad that that's how it is. But it was like that for me. Even the very first client that paid me eight dollars an hour, that changed my life. I worked with them for many years after that because I just, I couldn't let go of the people that changed my life completely. Mm -hmm. Mm And they didn't even know at the time that they were my first client. I shared that later. So from that moment, I never lost belief. I just knew that. I think it's a really nice realization to know that as long as I don't stop and as long as I don't give up, I will succeed eventually. Maybe it's now, maybe it's five years, Mm -hmm. maybe it's 10 years. I will do whatever it takes. I'll pick up random jobs. I'll wash dishes. I'll clean houses, whatever it is. And I think most people are just not willing Mm -hmm. to go there. I think Mm -hmm. most people, they want entrepreneurship, but they also want a comfortable life. And (laughs) in the beginning, you cannot have both. When did it become about the people? Because, you know, you're so kind. We could talk about your cats and um, the cats that you've rescued. And you, you see kind of um, the flaws as you know what makes people perfect and what what is actually their the benefit and what can bring so much joy to the world so when did it become about other people both in your business but also I think, I think sushi your cat is a beautiful example of that so <laughs> let's talk about Definitely. cats and people <laughs> actually animals were a huge part of it because it has always been my driver to help animals and I talk about it so much I like animals better than people that's not mm-hmm. a secret I like some people but animals Oh my God. So I have been working with organizations on and off since I was a teenager, since I was about 18, I think, um, in a very small capacity at first, because, you know, you can afford to spend time or money. And then as I grew, as I got older, I got more and more involved. And that was really the first thing that got me the first cause, I guess, Mm -hmm. that made it about the impact for me and about helping others. And that somehow... Once I went full-time into entrepreneurship, I think that's when it really became about, okay, I don't need to make it now as much as I just have this desperate need to make other humans' lives better. Mm -hmm. I think it was a natural progression from, I want to make animals' lives better and I want to save animals (laughs) to, okay, I can translate this to people. Yeah, I think it's very telling that you, the way that you viewed that first client on Upwork, and you didn't want to let them go it's if you flip it on the other way around it's the way that I think people see you now that they didn't want to let you go because if you know what I mean it, it feels full circle in, in that respect 
I, I never thought of that mm-hmm. actually. <laughs> so when when did the kind of recurring revenue and membership appear and you knew that you kind of hit onto something that was actually this is going to be a bit more stable in terms of the progression and, and where I want to take my business? Yeah, that was really crazy because it came out of nowhere, honestly. Looking back, maybe not out of nowhere, but at the time I was, I just wanted to try something and I had no clue if it was going to work. So the the short story is when I was in Denmark, I started my first membership, BBS. Mm-hmm. And again, for my little sofa with my laptop, my cheap has Dell laptop that everybody made fun of me for, by the way. Thank you, Danish people. <laughs> Appreciate that. But that's when it started. And it's been going on for over five years now at the time of filming this. Yeah. And I didn't even think about teaching others how to do that until... 2019 which is two plus years later during those two years I was fully focused on branding because the way I see it is your brand is the most vital asset that you will ever have not just in your business in your life Mm -hmm. if you have a brand you can accomplish so much in both your personal and professional life and you can just be such a a great asset to other people to causes to animals whatever Mm -hmm. insects whatever the hell you Mm -hmm. want so I was fully dedicated to helping people build a powerful brand by doing the most disruptive thing of all (gasps) being themselves Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then about two years into it I realized that a lot of the people in my membership had started creating their own memberships now when I started mine I only knew one other person five years ago who had a membership that's all and I've only ever been part of I think one membership so I had no experience no clue what I was doing that's how it all started and then as the years went by It still wasn't a popular business model. I will say most people, I think, were they thought it was beneath them to charge so little, like whether it's a hundred, 200 bucks per month. And I Mm -hmm. still get this all the time. And I always turn them away because if that's how you're thinking, you're not seeing the big picture. You're not Mm -hmm. looking at the stability, the predictable income that memberships give you. My membership changed my life. It allowed me to live wherever I wanted. It allowed me to be location independent. And like, I couldn't have done that with high ticket clients because mm-hmm. they are so unstable and so hard to replace. They're the, the easiest to lose and the hardest to replace. And you cannot say that about low ticket memberships. So in 2019 is when I really realized, oh, I can teach this. I've already helped so many people do it for free. Mm-hmm. Let's test. And that's how the, the recurring revenue program round one happened while I was living in Thailand and that's how I came into your world so it's I think it's probably about May last year I think you must have done a challenge maybe May last year where I came into your world and I'm sitting here you know just under a year later with uh, a membership and I've just finished another launch and I've got more people coming in there and it is absolutely that thing as entrepreneurs that you're looking for is that recurring stable revenue you can do all the other things and you can make lots of money doing the other things but I think you're right. I think people think it's a lot of work and that yeah. it's going to take up all your time, but it, it really isn't. It really isn't that way. Yeah. A lot of work, a little reward and that's just not how mm-hmm. it is. But also I think I'm seeing the value of, and other people are seeing the value of a lower price point, but actually they're getting access to, to so much and it just feels more, more stable. It is stable and um, a more enjoyable journey. And you're building communities around you of people who resonate and really like you and it's just a very empowering 
space to be in. So do you want to just quickly talk about the challenge that you've got coming up? I'm going to be putting the link in the show notes today for Des's next recurring revenue program, but tell us a little bit more about what people can get out of that challenge. Yeah, so essentially the challenge came about in 2020, I think. I've Mm -hmm. never run it before. It was, again, something I wanted to try because the recurring revenue program had been going on for more than a year and we'd helped so many people start memberships. But I could only take a few people at a time because it was a high-ticket group program. I was charging like $3,000, worth per person. And I have 10, 15, 17 people and that's it. So I thought, well, how can I spread this impact and put this power into more people's hands? Because mm-hmm. the way I see it is, and look at what's happening in the world right now. People need stable income mm-hmm. more than ever. High ticket clients will become even harder to get, even easier to lose. And so you need an asset um, in your business that produces predictable income no matter what. And you can easily replace people who leave, mm-hmm. um, which sounds very dehumanizing, but it is what it is. You have to be able to replace lost clients. So I thought, well, essentially what we're doing here is we're dismantling these old systems of power where people want us to be insecure. The world wants us to not have stable income because we're so easy to manipulate when that's the mm-hmm. case. That's why I fall for all kinds of scams online where people promise to give us the world because we are insecure and because we don't have stable income. So that's how the idea came about for the challenge. I want to change this. I want to make more people confident, secure, and give them the second most important asset in their business Mm -hmm. after their brand, which is the membership. And so the challenge, the next one is on 23rd of May, which is very soon. And it's five days. It's a completely free event. Anyone is invited, whether you have a business, whether you don't, doesn't matter. We literally cater to people no matter where they are on their journey. And that's what makes it so exciting because Mm -hmm. it's so diverse and you can learn from just about anyone no matter where they are on their business journey we usually have thousands of people in there so it's going to be very dynamic you can do it fully at your own pace obviously it's great if you can keep up and do one task per day for five days but you have plenty of time to catch up so i do encourage everyone to join at the end even if right now you have no idea what a membership even is if you have no idea how to create one for yourself, even if you don't have a business or an audience, you will leave this challenge with a solid plan in place and a very good understanding of exactly what it takes to have a membership and even how to launch one. And this is completely for free, no strings attached. And it's a great challenge. The amount of information you're going to get out in the five days is, is phenomenal. I've done it a couple of times now and I always get something new out of it every single time. And I think People, like you say, who haven't even got a business right now or they they don't know what they would possibly do as a membership, everybody can do this because everybody's got those skills and experiences that they can bring to the fore. And do you want to just talk about some of the clients who have started for literally nothing or how maybe things have changed in the pandemic and have had to create some kind of stable income most recently just so that we can share what is possible? Yeah, those are my favorite stories. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Kate is probably my favorite one because Mm -hmm. she was a musician. I have actually had quite a lot of uh, musicians, photographers, and artists because obviously their businesses were fully just, Mm -hmm. or jobs, fully shut down in 2020. So with Kate, she was a singer on cruise ships. That was her main um, job. And overnight, boom, lockdown, job no more. What to do? She clicks on an ad, finds me in my challenge, this exact same one, I believe. 
And that's where she put together the plan for her membership. And then she decided to take it a step further and join the recurring revenue program because, Mm -hmm. which is no longer an exclusive high level program. It's uh, very affordable now. And she's the exact reason I made it affordable. And she went, I'm not even kidding. She had no audience. She'd never done anything online. She didn't know anything about business or having a business online. And she went from basically 500 people on her Facebook uh, as an audience. And these were all friends and, and work yeah. connections. Mm-hmm. Having 3,000 people in two months, even less than two months. And she, within those two months, already sold multiple offers. So mm-hmm. in two months, she had built the, the foundations of a brand a really popular brand because she was very consistent. She followed my content framework. She already had a wait list for her membership. She was doing one-to-one work. <laughs> like, and this is brand new niche where she decided to focus, to use her stage experience to teach yeah. people about mm-hmm. confidence and how to more confidently approach life and all of that. So it was just crazy. And then there's Hannah who was, uh, I don't think she had a job at the time because she had just left the corporate world. So she had great experience there, understood a lot about sales, never thought about having her own business. She did some photography on the side, again, no audience. Mm-hmm. She also had two or 3000 people within a month or two on, on her. I think she also chose Facebook as her main platform. And she had a don't quote me on the numbers, but it was a five-figure launch. I think about $12,000 a couple of months. And that wasn't even the membership. This Mm -hmm. is while she was still preparing for the membership. This was some sort of a program, I think. So all of these people, I know this was just two, I have many more stories, but all of these people came into my world with literally no audience, no business idea, no understanding of how to do any of this. And only a couple of months later, they were having five-figure launches and and successful memberships and all of that. So if anybody's listening to this thinking, but this is probably not for me, I'm still here and they Mm -hmm. were probably there. No, not at all. If they can do it, you can do it. And if I did it, you can do it. It it really doesn't matter where you are on your journey. I think when I came into your world, I was making money, but it wasn't lighting me up. I started my business, but it just wasn't quite there. And I think the beauty of joining Recurring Revenue was that I wasn't just building the membership. I was also figuring out the brand, figuring out the value ladder and the different other products and services that I could provide. I was starting to put offers out there. So I was doing like power hours and by doing power hours and bringing those clients in, those clients actually in turn turned into the clients within the membership. So it's almost once you've got yourself in front of different people and you've sold different products, you've got that no like and trust with them. And then when you do finally launch your membership, they'll quite happily come into your world because they've already built that trust up with you. So it isn't just about a membership. It's more about the journey and structuring every single part of that. So your brand's correct. And yeah, all of these offerings are correct. everything. Yeah. yeah, it always goes back to the brand. You can't expect mm-hmm. to work with me in any capacity and, mm-hmm. and not end up with a powerful brand because that's the lens that I, I teach mm-hmm. from always. So no matter what you buy from me or what challenge you join, I will always keep bringing you back to the brand you're building because without mm-hmm. that, nothing else you ever try to sell will work out. And do you believe like everybody has a brand? It's just that some people are not being strategic about monetizing it. Like we're always being ourselves. I love that you know that now. (laughs) (laughs) That makes me so excited. Yes, that's that's one of the main lessons that people take away from being in my world because Uh you hear people say um, this a lot. I don't have a brand yet or, oh, I didn't have a brand. And that's just, if you exist or if you ever existed, you have a brand. 
And if you're just not aware of that's one thing, it, it means that you're not managing it. It means that you're not taking any actions to position it the yeah. way you want it to be positioned. Mm -hmm. And positioning is just the space that you own in people's minds, essentially. So you do have a brand. Every person listening to this or watching this has a brand. So now is the time to ask yourself, am I really taking the right steps to manage this brand? You'll mm -hmm. never fully mm -hmm. control it, but you can have some control over it, of course, with your online presence. I love it. I've been paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you I have. I have. Okay. Hey, friend. Thank you so much for listening to the Visualize You show. If you enjoyed this episode, then why not subscribe wherever you get your podcasts? And if you would like to be with a chance to win 12 months access to the Visualize and Thrive Business Club Lounge, then simply tag me and the show anywhere you like on your social media. Simply use the hashtag Visualize You show. And if you catch my eye, then you could be sitting in the lounge next month. So until next time, remember to visualize you.